0: I see this show is sponsored by Headley. Headley, This show is sponsored by Headley. Now, this is a special perverted podcast, Kathy. It is? I thought they were all special, Boogie. You are correct. They are all incredibly special (laughs) but this is a special special holiday type of perverted podcast because i'm literally sitting at the drive-thru of starbucks coffee like literally i am watch i am face to face with the girl handing the coffee to people looking at me through the car (laughs) front window wait a minute
1: wait a minute what do you mean you're in the drive-thru you're driving through the drive-thru
0: well, no, I'm not, no, I mean, I'm actually, the the parking is literally nose to, like, literally, I am 18 feet away from the window, and I am literally, as she opens All the right. window, my face is directly facing her, and looking through the car.
1: If I have this image in my head right. Yes. This woman is looking out at this dude sitting in his car talking into a mic.
0: That is exactly what it is. Now she's uh. pretending to do it, worry cuz she's doing things and she's going but literally every person in the drive through is like staring going like what the fuck is this idiot talking to my I got fucking papers pasted all over the car with with scotch tape now. I do have scotch tape, Kathy. Uh. And uh yes. And so I would like to say because we are now using the wifi from said Starbucks Please stop into your local Starbucks and try the holiday coffee thing that they have. Are they our sponsor now? <laughs> no, no, they are not. Headley is our goddamn glorious show sponsor. Why
1: did you pick that space? Couldn't you have parked a little bit over so they
0: weren't watching you? Well, I need the best internet because the hot I have a different phone in the hot everything today, Kathy, uh-huh. has gone. I had to upload the show to SoundCloud. Three different times because now SoundCloud is having problems. I'm having problems on Patreon. I'm having problems editing my music in my music program. There's like buffering issues, like literally everything that can go wrong has gone wrong today, technically. So I'm like, well, this will just be something to throw on the pile. Oh, my God. So we're on Starbucks Wi-Fi instead of me hotspotting from the phone. But fucking God damn it, Kathy. What? We're here! to do a show of shows we are going to talk about life and sexuality and mental health and and everything that is glorious because that's what we fucking do we don't give a fuck kathy we get down i'm facing they're looking at me i'm totally doing the sicilian thing i'm waving my hands i'm talking to the mic. they're kind of glancing over at me that's okay i'm waving hi how you doing starbucks oh my god we're doing a show okay <laughs> the following show is for mature audiences only listener describe is advised and if you don't like it please go fuck yourself one two three four do you feel your sex life is quite lame scared that your desires might be strange come and join the kinky world of play
2: hello
0: and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we sit at Starbucks and talk about kinky sex, the lifestyle, and the human mind. Recording
1: once again through Zencaster because this pandemic is never going to end. I'm Kathy. I'm grumpy. It's,
0: it's <laughs> true. But that's okay because I have Hathor now. Oh
1: my God. What is that? Is that a new nickname from you?
0: No, no, no. Mew is Mew. We have funny stuff to say because Mew and I, round two is coming. Uh Uh-huh. The rematch is coming. Oh. And I talked lots of shit. She's coming out and she's going to be here for like a week and a half. Wow. So, and we're going to be mostly together during that week and a half. So, today we got in a big fight, like our fight, a play fight, and she's like, I'm kinky. You know, because I told her I talked shit on the show that she was all vanilla and wanted cuddles and shit. And I'm like, I know you're kinky, honey. Maybe we'll have a pillow fight when you're here. Ooh, because you're rough and tumble.
1: Oh, (laughs) that's horrible. Why are you teasing her?
0: (laughs) And she's like, I'll show you. And I go, bring it, bitch. Horrible. Bring it. She's. Like, I haven't been caned, and I'm like, well, you got kink and stuff there, and she's like, not like, not like the kink you give me. I go, goddamn right, because I'm a fucking love god. Oh and she laughed. God, so <laughs> yeah, she laughed. She <laughs> laughed. She <laughs> la- But shut up. <laughs> she laughed because it's refreshing to know uh-huh. that uh-huh. I am, I am uh-huh. the power that I am. Don't uh-huh. know if I'm as powerful as Hathor though, because Hathor is now the official name of my therapist. Remember I told you that we had to come up with a name for her? Right. And so she's like really into Egypt and stuff, which once again, it's amazing that a therapist actually will tell you something about themselves. I've had the other. So she's like, oh, I really like Egypt and stuff like that. We were talking about it. And I'm like, okay, well, then I'll come up with an Egyptian goddess name for you. I don't know if she's going to like this. But the best I could find was Hathor. Which, if you're big on Egyptian, like, you know, folklore, whatever you call it, religious god, you know, their history of stuff. Mythology. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, that word. (laughs) I'm sure we have a lot of new listeners turning off now. Fuck them. Um, (laughs) But check this out, Kathy. Hathor was the daughter of Ra. Ra. Apparently Uh now before she's the goddess of like, you know, sex, fertility, grain, the force. Like she's a really important goddess, right? Right. She does a lot of cool shit. But before that, she has a dark past. Hathor used to be like Sekhmet or something like that. And she was like a fucking, the goddess of destruction. Like Ra said, Hey, go out and eat people. And, like, Sekmet was like, fuck, yeah, I'll go out and eat people. And then all of a sudden, she disappeared for, like, days. And then Ra's like, where's my fucking kid? I sent her out to eat some people. And so Ra's like, hey, stop eating people. And she's like, I can't. I fucking love this shit. Wow. She was just eating people. Huh. Just fucking loved it. And so, you know, Ra's like, shit, what did I do? I created a fucking mice. He'd go eat a couple people, you know. Just to eat some people, because that's what gods do. They eat people and rain down fire and shit like that. But, you know, Sekhmet got crazy. So, what Ra did is he fucking dyed beer because that's all you could drink then because the water was so tainted. So, everything was beer back in Egypt. So, everyone uh-huh. was hammered. It was great. Um, not a lot of sobriety in Egypt during that time.
1: Apparently, Egypt, Rome, and Greece all had a bunch of drunkards.
0: Yeah, it was all the... Oh, so that was uh, that was across the board then, the beer thing. I guess so, yes. Great. <laughs> Great. I don't have to be sober anymore. I don't have to deal with this shit. I'm just kidding. I like being sober. It's wonderful to be sober. It's an exciting adventure to be homeless and sober. So I love how when
1: you say that stuff, your 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 tone gets really monotonous, like monotone. Shut That's up! It's a great life. I love it a lot.
0: <laughs> I have complete <laughs> happiness and serenity. <laughs> I enjoy sitting in a Starbucks drive-through to record a show instead of in a nice, comfy home with clean internet. No, you so raw. No one. Sorry. Shut up! <laughs> okay, <laughs> Talking about ahead, Egyptian rah. mythology. Okay. Talking about hoorah, (laughs) rah So, Ra has to stop his kid from eating people. And so, he dyes beer red. And then, like, dumps it all over the fields. And it kind of looks like... And he tells, you know, like, Sekhmet that, hey, this is the blood of, like, all the victims. And she's like, fuck, yeah, I like eating humans. So, she sucks up all the beer that she thinks is blood and gets hammered like goddess god level hammered kathy huh fucked up and it says she went to sleep for a few days because that's what happens wow when you get field of blood level hammered wow and then when she woke up she had like a change of heart and she's like i feel a lot better i got hammered i ate people I think I'm ready to change now. And then she became Hathor, you know, the goddess of like all this good shit.
1: Huh. So So
0: there. Okay. A little perverted podcast mythology history. So my therapist is now gonna be known as Hathor. I see. And you're gonna tell her this. Oh yeah, tomorrow. It's gonna be good. What do you got going on?
1: I got nothing going on. Uh Creative Explorer has a new kinky partner.
0: What
1: I know. He what are the odds? I mean he's all I would say I'm gonna you know, trolling through Fat Life and see if I can find another partner. Oh, great. Go for it. Have fun. I think it was maybe the third person he he texted or he he messaged. Bam. He's got a partner. How do you do that during a pandemic? It's not right.
0: Well, Kathy, because I hate to say this to you because, you know, Creative <laughs> Explorer, you know, though, you know, intimately what his qualities are. Uh-huh. They may not just come out right away. You know, he kind of doesn't look any hotter than me or, uh, you know, seem to be that more magical. But the fact that he actually put in the effort and reached out three to people, three, man, th- you know, maybe it's three, maybe it's 10. I think the point to Kathy looks at no other people.
1: No, he- no, no! I'm not comparing him to me. I'm just saying his luck is ridiculous. He no, it's out. he not. basically it's- did a search in his area, found one, and goes, "Boop!" I think I'll try this one. And now they see each other every week. I'm all, really? What? You know, there's a pandemic going on. There's tons of people who aren't getting any, and your luck is does not seem warranted. I, I don't think it's fair. And I, you know what, Boogie, you need to contact some of your gods. In mythology yeah. <laughs> and, and strike him down
0: <laughs> we'll get Sekmet to get drunk again and maybe it'll switch her back <laughs> and i'll have her go eat creative explorer <laughs> oh, hey Sekmet, here's something here's some water it's good water hey i've been fooled before no no look it's blue oh my god Everybody likes blue water. And she's like, yeah, fuck, I got to eat people again.
1: <laughs> well, you know, she's she's a really nice person. I've met her. You know, we've gotten to, all of us gotten together. And it's the, the a bit of the roller coaster ride starts again where now you have to be careful what you're doing. People have to get tested and have to have check-ins. And, you know, you I get complacent when it's just me and him. And then it has to start over again. And it's just part of Polly you know, you, you get used to something and then an in comes another partner and you have to start up all the protocols again. And
0: yeah, so that's me. Well, I mean, it's healthy though. At least you guys are, have things in place and safety and protocols. And obviously there's, you know, people are getting sick. So you got to, you know, and you and I are doing the same thing. Who have we got? You know, cause we want, I mean, of course it'd be great to see you know, 70, 70, partners we haven't seen. And I've been in contact with a lot of them, right. but it really is, well, I can get this person has been very, very good about, about their protocols. So maybe we can see them and the other ones while well, they're in kind of a more dangerous area and you can't. So, I mean, I right. think it's kind of good to work through those things. I think it's a good example.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's, That's all I got going on. And my Brat blackout was, you know, extended because his game, I guess, uh, they postponed it for a couple of weeks. So it starts uh, a week from today, actually. Oh, my
0: God. That thing's still happening. Well, good for you. It's
1: happening. It's going to be two and a half weeks. And uh, Saturday's my birthday. I'm going to be, I'm a 55 year old, old woman. That's what I'm going to be.
0: Oh, my God. Kathy, don't you qualify for, like, a free chicken pot pie or some shit like that?
1: I wish. I wish they handed out all kinds of prizes when you hit 55, but
0: you don't get shit, man. You just get older. Oh, but Kathy, now that you're old, I have a special jingle just for you. Oh, my God. What? Here. So what if Grandma wants to suck a dick? Just because she's old doesn't mean she's not a chick.
1: Hi. Oh, um. Really, grandma, 55 is not grandma. And yes, if I want to suck a dick, I will suck a dick with my wrinkles and my varicose veins (laughs) and my gray hair. So suck on that, buddy. (laughs) Go, grandma. That's right. Go, go, go. I will take my teeth out and (laughs) go down on your dick. It'll be the best fucking blowjob you ever had. Really? Really? (laughs) <laughs> no, not you, Boogie, ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Celebrate your vag, cause it rocks. Put a needle in your cock, on fat life.
1: For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. Uh, this week, thanks to good old Ferret, our uh, resident author, I have a great <laughs> post <laughs> called... When your problem becomes your identity, you
0: become the problem. Hey Amen. Can we just stop right there? <laughs> yeah. Can we just stop right there and just, re- can you just say that one more time? Uh
1: oh. I, I can tell you're going to have a rant when this is over. All right. The title is When Your Problem Becomes Your Identity. You become the problem,
0: all right thank you that felt that felt good. It felt, it <laughs> it made felt you all, feel good <laughs> I felt all warm all of a sudden you know because sometimes ferret I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah, he's okay, you know, but some of them are good and some of them like don't give a fuck, but this one I'm like I could almost jerk him off for writing that almost wow
1: wow almost
0: I just' that's the, saying the, something that's good. Good job, ferret.
1: Uh, I have to tell you though you're you're gonna um I did have to butcher this one I may Uh, have chosen things that taken things out that you wanted to talk about. So fair warning. Okay. Don't worry. I'll
0: bring it all back pumpkin. I'm good. (laughs) Did you just call me pumpkin? The title allows me, (laughs) the title allows me to say the things I need to say.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Here's what Ferret says. He says, I watch a trashy show called marriage at first sight, wherein several sets of strangers are married off to each other based on dubious assessments from professionals. There was one couple where the woman was 27 and had never had sex with anyone. And the dude who'd married her was ideal for the position. He wasn't looking for quick sex. He wanted a serious relationship. And if the physicality took weeks, months, even years, he seemed okay with it. The problem is his newfound wife was not a woman who still had her virginity, but a virgin. The distinction is subtle but became more blatant as the weeks went on. She defined herself by her virginity. And things that bumped up against that self-conception caused her serious friction. The relationship started off okay, but withered, because basically her self-definition as the virgin meant that there was an emotional limit to how close they could get. She was not a woman with a characteristic. She was the characteristic which stopped her, whether she meant it or not, from getting the intimacy she claimed she wanted. The person who defines themselves by their problem can no longer see ways to solve those problems. Who you can be tomorrow is not who you are today. I'm not saying you can always step away from your troubles. If you're a virgin who wants intimacy, you're not going to get it tomorrow, but you can get comfortable with a back rub from someone you're not necessarily going to marry, But if you're defining who you are tomorrow by who you are today, well, you're going to be that person tomorrow. And the best thing you can do if that's true is to make excuses. Hope is a powerful drug. It lifts you up. But hope takes work. And cynicism goes down a lot easier. So choose hope when you can.
0: Free hand job for Ferret. I'm going (laughs) to offer you because now I thought it through. And it's like that, you know, you have those gay moments where you're like, "Ah, I could jerk a guy off. And then I'm like, no, I I just thought about it. Kathy, you're going to have to do it for me, though, because he deserves.
2: Hey, why are you pimping me
0: out? Because you don't know how to contact three people and get yourself another play partner. That's why. to. So someone has to pimp you out. I'm helping you.
2: (laughs) Ferret is a cool
0: guy. Like, look, think (laughs) about it. Let's just talk because he doesn't listen to the fucking show. That's true. (laughs) So, like, Ferret, I would picture because of your respect for his mind and how he, you know, has thoughts and creates and writes, that he would be a good candidate for a potential partner for you.
1: Wait, just leave the man alone. You know nothing about him. He lets us read his posts. Just leave it at that. Yes
0: or no, Kathy? Would you be interested in ferret if he was open to it? No. Really?
1: I don't know him well enough to know if that if that would work. You know that I am demisexual and uh I have to get to know someone. I simply don't know him that well.
2: Okay.
0: Fair enough. So you yeah, got to do works, more. But- See, I can just read like if I read 20 things about someone, you know, I'm. I feel like I've no. I know them more, so I can. You know, I didn't know if that was the thing. You got to actually sit ah. with that fucker and stare him in the eye for a couple months.
1: Uh, there's more to it than that, but basically, yes, you you you've, you've hit the nail on the head, Boogie, as usual.
0: <laughs> so if you if you wore a glove, could you jerk him off? I don't. Whatever. Let's get on to the topic.
1: Yeah, let's get on to the topic because this was a a very uh, interesting post because it surprised me how I was I'm going through something right now that this really helped and here's a weird funny thing I had already had a similar conversation with my sister earlier on because I think I told you I've been telling you and the listeners in the last few weeks that I'm dealing with some heavy stuff uh that uh I delved into with creative explorers help some, some stuff from my past, some very self-defining issues that have been at the core of my depression and at the core of a lot that, um, I've gone through. Uh, and so lately when in comparison to creative explorer, who has a lot more success in life, whether it's financially, whether it's, uh, with partners or, um, in, in dealing with his weight loss. There's so many areas in which he excels. And in comparison, I can't help but look at that and go, man, I'm a fucking loser. I can't get my shit fucking together. And it's, it was at the core of my depression for for many, many years. And I've been able to pull myself out of it. But when you start looking into serious issues like you know addiction to food and um, my inability to move myself forward, and and my terrible lazy habits and procrastination, all that stuff just comes barreling down at me, and I suddenly find myself where I was many many years ago, on the brink of depression and self loathing because, and this is what this is exactly how I used to feel, and and Ferret said it beautifully uh, in this post. You 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 feel like these aren't things that are uh, that you do wrong you're the one who's wrong it in at the most at the worst time in my depression i felt as if my very soul was stained with all of these things that were wrong with me it was it was not i was imbued with failure it, so i ceased to be somebody who was failing at certain things I was a failure and lately that's been hitting me again without my even knowing it. It's been creeping up on me and creeping up on me and, and it's not his fault. It's just that in compare, when you're standing next to someone who is succeeding a lot, one right after the other, and you're failing one right after the other, I start to internalize that. And just like Ferret says, I am a big loser and I can never pull myself uh, out of this. So I wanted to kind of read a small part of this text that my sister sent me when I was telling her about this and and I I had been crying and I told her how horrible it feels. And uh, the next day at work, um, she texted me and she said, well, I just don't want you to get too down on yourself. It is never-ending, this need and this desire to fix ourselves and focus on what we don't like about ourselves. There will always be something to work on, something to feel bad about. And when you hit low points like you have recently, it's easy to forget, or more importantly, to dismiss the things that you have accomplished. Do you even realize how far you've come? You're an inspiration. I, of all people, know how difficult it is for you and me to take compliments We are invariably thinking that the person giving the compliment has no clue what losers we really are. So from one loser to another, you have come a long way and you need to cut yourself some slack. Amen. And those words, yes, they were like, they knocked me out of it. Instantly I said, oh my God, I can't believe how close I got to the horrible depressed state I used to be in so many years ago and I started to pull myself out. And, and look from the outside in and go, yeah, you know, I'm not a perfect human being, but I am not a loser. I fail a lot at stuff, but I'm not a failure. And so I thought this post of his was absolutely beautiful. And I wish I could have read the whole thing because, as usual, his posts are wonderful, but very long. And I had to chop it all up. So
0: that's my story, Boogie. I think that is an exceptional, an exceptional personal testimony about the application of what he was talking about in this post. And I think it is really, really important to identify that moment that you get to choose, am I going to be a victim or am I going to be a survivor? Right Now, this goes for a lot of things, you know, because there's victim of mental illness, you know, because he was talking about his mental illness, but then we're also talking about, People whose identities are based in something they were victimized, like they were the victim of abuse, or they were, you know, basically abused. You were raised in a shitty household, you were sexually abused, you were raped, or, you know, any number of things that happened to you. And then there's the mental illness where it's like, well, some of this, your brain and your genetics lean towards you having the propensity towards depression. Anxiety, panic disorder, schizophrenia, you know, all those different types of things. But both of them, you come to a point, usually, hopefully, as an adult, where you have to face, am I going to live my life as a victim or am I going to live my life as a survivor? And that's the point you had to come to today. That was so critical because so many people decide, nope, I'm just going to make my identity as my excuse to stay in this misery for the rest of my life. And not only am I going to stay a victim, I'm going to now feed off of other people and basically abuse them so that I can survive by whatever little jolt that validation and that sympathy and that pity gives you. But it's not survivor. You're now surviving off of being codependent on other people. And you're draining them and becoming toxic in their lives. And that was the angle that I was taking today for this post.
1: There are a lot of different paths that you take once you start um, feeling as if you are the problem versus you just having a problem. And that's one of them. For me, it was depression and that, that played in beautifully with my learned helplessness. And other people, like the example he gave, is somebody who uh, they take on that name or that characteristic or that term. They become that person, and when you when that happens, you you can't see outside of yourself. You can't even help yourself because you you accept that that is at the very core of who you are. So you stop trying to help yourself out of it. And like you say, uh, one of the things that can happen is. Uh, You start looking at other people like, why can't you see that I'm just like this? Why aren't you supporting me? And what you're really doing is gathering around you people who feel the same way as you, who who, uh, are okay with the story that you give. And you're suddenly in an echo chamber and you're never going to get out of it.
0: No. And you're going to do a lot of damage on other people
1: and it's a it's a terrible thing because you don't always know that that's happening. You don't always realize that you're playing a role in your own demise you 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 just think that th- this is who i am i I don't even question it anymore and you be you you put on blinders you don't you don't realize it's happening to you i I understand that when you're dealing with somebody like that, it's very difficult to have any kind of empathy towards them. but I've gotten dangerously close to being that person in my life. And I know what a slippery slope it is. And I know that, that it's hard to see that you're right in the middle of it.
0: Well, I was that person and there, and my identity was how sick and how bad and how much of a drunk and a drug addict I was and, and all of those things. And, and it made me special in a really fucked up negative way. It was how I was unique from you because I was sicker than you. I was more damaged than you. And basically it was just me being a selfish person. Didn't invalidate the fact that I had abuse as a child and, you know, mental issues. We're not, we're not taking that away from anyone that's been the victim of abuse or has mental illness. But there is a time where you know where most people know I am a burden to myself and everyone around me. This is not special. This does not make me a special person. Right. And, and at that point, you ha- at some point you have to just say, am I going to live my life as a victim or am I going to make, take some steps to not be that anymore? Right. And if you don't, I I can't be around those people. That's where I started to look at it from this angle and to look at how I abused people with my sickness and how people pulled away from me. And they had every right to pull away from me because I was fucking toxic. And even now, with all this stuff going on with me, when people pull away from me, I recognize it because it's hard to deal with where I'm at right now. Right. Even though I make an effort and I have a therapist and I'm doing things, I'm working on the show and, you know, I'm doing things that are positive, it doesn't matter. You have the right as a person who has a person with troubles in your life, you have the right to say, I can't take this. And especially if they're not going to make any effort to change or get better.
1: Yeah, that's, and that's a really sad point in a relationship with a friend that you have is when you realize you have to walk away i've done that uh, with a couple of people in my life and it was a really tough thing to do because you know that person simply does not understand why you're doing it they think that you're in the wrong they will go to their grave thinking what a bad person you are because you were a bad friend and you weren't there to support them and you have to be okay with that you have to be okay walking away knowing that that's how they're going to feel about you because your own peace of mind is what is what's has i know that sounds selfish but it has to be what matters most to you because the only real responsibility any of us have is to tend to our own well-being and then just like you say with the you know put the put the mask on yourself before you put it on the person next to you on your kid or someone you're taking care of um but uh that's a a crazy time when someone gets so far into their own head that you have to walk away and you will forever be known as the bad guy.
0: Well, I don't really, I mean, to be honest, no matter what, everyone is the bad guy in that fucking person's life. You're just another fucking bad guy because they're going to go and complain about their fucking life to the next fucking sucker. Yeah. That's going to give them there. Yeah. So I don't really, that, I mean, that's not really the issue with me. The issue is I fucking hate professional victims because they're toxic and they're selfish. And, and, and it's like, you don't know what it's like to be me. You don't, you're right. I don't. And I understand that. But at some point, either fucking kill yourself or fucking make an improvement. Ah, Wow. That's a harsh stance. Because you're just going to be miserable. For the rest of your fucking life. And that's the same message for me that I have to look in the mirror and go, look, dude, either fucking kill yourself or get a therapist because all I'm gonna be is a. It, you're, what is the purpose of life? Is the purpose to have some sort of clarity or experience things? Or is it just to suffer and be miserable? If you have the opportunity to be, to have any joy or peace in your life, you have to go for that at some point. Because if all you're gonna be is miserable, what the fuck are you even doing on this planet? Uh
1: yeah, that's a very harsh stance you take. I, I can understand what you're saying. I I don't have that hard of a look at it. I, I'm this is this- uh, But yeah, those are just two two you know, you and I are just displaying different uh approaches to this one.
0: Well, I know people are going to tell me that I'm telling people to kill themselves. And in, in some ways I am, because that's what works on me. Your approach doesn't have to be that. We need people that are nicer and softer and more patient. And we also need people that can look people in the eye and go, you're a professional fucking victim. I'm sorry that you were fucking hurt. But now it's time to grow up and start making effort to not turn into an abuser yourself. Just because you're not raping someone doesn't mean you can't hurt the people around you by constantly just staying a victim and draining the life out of people. I have so many examples of people in my life, including myself, that they just they don't stop. And at some point you got to go shit or get off the pot, bro. And some people need that. I've had people do that to me and it saved my life. So when I tell people to shit or get off the pot, hopefully there's somebody else that if they need an extra, extra hug for another fucking 10 years, that there'll be someone to do it. But ultimately, shit or get off the pot. Hey, all so, right.
1: <laughs> well,. As, as usual, Ferret has brought out in us uh, some very strong emotions. <laughs> I think that his posts tend to do that for us. Because he, he you know how you said, I think it was last week, that uh, you're not going to shy away anymore from hitting the hard topics right? Uh, when it comes to this show because it helps people. I think that the reason I always go back to Ferret's posts is because he does the same thing. He's not afraid of talking about the weakest, most difficult parts of his life, whether it has to do with kink or not. And I understand from reading his posts why people enjoy listening to our show, because it helps. It just, it fucking helps to see somebody else who is also going through difficult shit and isn't afraid to say it. You don't need to hide this and you can put it out there and you can admit to your own weaknesses. And every time that I read a post uh, here on the show from Ferret, it ends up kind of like this with you and I with some very strong opinions about what was said. And we we usually take a lot longer to discuss this post than we do anybody else, but uh, hey, that's that's what I like about his writing.
0: Here, here. I said nothing of what I was going to say. I got five pages of notes. And it was a little nicer. <laughs> <laughs> what? Now we got no time left. We only had time to hear the harsh stuff. Eh, it's fine. Fuck them. All right.
1: Well, I got I've got nice letters from listeners. If you want me, to yeah, talk let's about
0: do that. some nice perverted mailbox. There, I'll play a nice jingle. Tell us we're swell. Tell us to go to hell. Just tell us fucking something on perverted mail. Um.
1: Box. all right we have an email from walenda who wrote to us before didn't there used to be a flying Walendas? the act?
0: walandas yeah that was like i remember in the 70s there was like a whole mini docu you know drama about them and how some of them died and fucking tightrope walkers yeah the walandas
1: yeah. okay well i walandas this isn't her and, no, <laughs> no i hope not <laughs> Who says, I'm not sure if you remember me, but a year ago, I wrote to you from north central Wisconsin because I couldn't find anyone to talk to about my newfound kink. Guess what? I followed your fucking advice and it worked. I explored fet life groups around the state and found a group less than two hours away. I made it to my first munch in early March and there were about 30 people there. The topic was on safety and I ended up staying after to connect with people. It was there that I met my first real king partner, a switch with years of experience in the lifestyle. I am his submissive and he is a great mentor, teaching me things I never dreamed I would enjoy doing. I also have another new partner who is my daddy and I have found that I love the daddy little girl dynamic. He helps bring out the creative child in me and I adore that type of play. So even in the middle of a crazed pandemic, I'm still exploring. And I want to thank everyone for your encouragement and support. It really helped.
0: Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> but of course, I have some questions. Uh-uh. Well, first off, when did she go to the fucking munch with 30 people during a fucking pandemic? I hope everyone was wearing fucking masks. And social well, distancing.
1: She, she says this was in March, so it hadn't.
0: Okay, it hadn't it hadn't gone. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, good. And the other <laughs> I, thing I want to put. Hey! I'm getting. Bu- <laughs> hey! Fuck your fucking pandemic fatigue, you fucking pussies. Jesus was Christ. Who said anything about fatigue? What Well, people are eh, tired and fatigued. Yeah, you know what? World War II. There was World War II fatigue. Everyone got through that, you know? What about an ice age? Oh, my God. Go okay, sorry. on. The thing that I wanted to point out that you just really went over very quickly, and I think most people did, but I did not, is uh-huh. I just heard her say it was only a short two hours to get to that place. Think about that. Kathy okay us in Los Angeles where we're like oh my god it's so far that some people understand that maybe you're gonna have to travel a little bit to find a group of people because you know just like I was in fucking shithole small town Texas I can say it it's a shithole now because I'm not there anymore um but (laughs) it it was it was a nice shithole it was a pretty shithole with cotton and fucking bugs but it was a shithole um Ah. there was no kink no kink whatsoever so, but I know that if I would have driven away's, I might have I probably could have found some kink in San Antonio or whatever. But sometimes you may need to travel a bit and it was so great to just hear her say it was only a couple hours away. It's
1: true. That's you know, that's the attitude you have to have if it's not near you, you you're the, you unfortunately are in a place where you have to make that extra effort, but man that effort can really be worth it not saying that everybody's going to have her success but as long as you're and let me just say be safe you gotta be careful don't just run into some munch or some party and think that because these people are kinky that they're your tribe and they're your family and you're 100% safe around them you have to keep your guard up just like you do in every other part of your life so I'm just going to stick that little PSA in there but otherwise yeah you gotta you gotta go out and find what you want and and if you're living in you're unfortunately living in some place where there just is not a big king scene, you're going to have to make that extra effort, but it it can absolutely be worth it
0: absolutely <laughs>
1: yeah. okay i have one more from reserved Coxlet who wrote to us and said thank you so much <laughs> i knew you'd like that <laughs> i
0: i'm a reserved Coxlet, which means i am a how do you get a reservation with this bitch like that's oh what i want to know is there a sign-up sheet is there a waiting period what's what's the protocol here how do I get she's a been, reservation with the cocksuck? She's
1: she's been reserved. That someone has made the reservation and she's no longer available. So maybe that's what shouldn't
0: it, means. it be no longer available, Coxluck, Then because now I got my hopes up for like literally forty two seconds, and now they've <laughs> been <boogie>. dashed.
1: <laughs> Stop being the victim, you. Because that doesn't mean
0: <laughs> she's been reserved. That means she is now taken, bro. Oh, my God. Can we get on with her email, please?
1: Don't shoot down my dream! Okay, fine. She says to us, thank you so much for your podcast. I'm not new to kink, but I'm kind of virgin-y with trying things that turn me on. I'm in my first DS dynamic with an experienced dom, and I'm enjoying it just as much as I thought I would. You two answer questions I didn't even know I had and are helping me grow into my kink and
0: myself. Here, here already taken cock slut.
1: <laughs> Ow, man. we're totally reading that wrong. It probably means I'm reserved. Like I'm I'm more withdrawn or or I'm not quite as or outgoing. it means yeah,
0: I'm reserved yeah, yeah. Like I'm you know, I'm a cock slut, but I'm not everybody's cock slut. Just because I'm a cock slut doesn't mean I'm your cock slut, mister assume everyone wants me. Wait, is that was Mr. I just Boogie. saying that to myself? Yes, I think you're describing yourself. Well, I mean, I can fantasize that everyone wants me, but I'm pretty well accepting that everyone does not want me. Especially this girl in drive-thru that I'm staring at. Hey, baby, how you doing?
1: Bookie, are they hearing what you're saying and are
0: you screaming no. out the whole well, Yeah, sled? I'm screaming, but it's chilly out, so the windows are up. Oh, but the people in drive-thru, they're looking at me. Now I'm slapping the windows like I'm trying to escape. Oh, let me out here! I'm dying in this car! I'm dying!
1: Stop it, because you're going to interrupt the show because someone's going to take you seriously. Call the police. You'll get a rap on the door, and that'll be the end of the show.
0: The cops will be all, get a coat hanger. I'm trapped in the car. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know. Let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Well, if I could see your face, I can feel the canary smiling the cat that (laughs) ate the canary smiling that is that is just literally coming through at me yes that enigma had some sort of shenanigans i'm not gonna get my hopes up
2: right yeah that's fair that's fair but you had shenanigans last night i did uh and yes it's good to keep your hopes like at a a moderate level because it was it was digital shenanigans but okay yeah uh, so, last night, I was, uh, you know, just putzing around Discord, chatting with people, when the owners of our very own kazoo reached out to me, and they were like, hey, would you mind, because we're going to bed, if you would, would you mind uh, edging our our little kazoo pet? And I was like, of course, <laughs> I would love to help edge her. Well, uh, well, all right. <laughs> um, and and, and sh- she and I have chatted and flirted a little bit, so it was like, it was an... It wasn't like an out of the blue sort of thing, but it was a little bit random. Uh, and so a couple of hours later, like she was given instructions that she wasn't allowed to masturbate unless she was in a, a specific sexy chat on our Discord. Oh. And, she was not, and she was only allowed to come if I allowed her to come. And I was not allowed to allow her to come. <laughs> so basically... So, so she had hope, but yes. you knew that this was not going to work out at the end. Right. Yeah. Which just made it so much more fun.
0: Oh my god, cuz she's like, "Okay, I can manipulate this fucker."
2: Right. I can yeah. get
0: I can get to it. And you're mm-hmm. just like,
2: "Oh, maybe. You never know." Ah! Ah! Mhm. And she ah! like she sent me a couple of sexy pictures like during and yeah, it was just very it was very fun. And I I like made her edge and tease for a good 30 45 minutes. And then I was like, "All right, everything off. Put it on the desk." Oh! and 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 then we like we we chatted we had a little bit of like chatty aftercare afterward um and then like right before she was like oh i need to go shower and then go to bed I was like okay turn the turn the wand slowly all the way on for 10 minutes and then turn it off and good night and she was yeah it was it was delicious and that girl makes the most wonderful noises Oh, really? It was it was fantastic.
0: All right. You know what? That is a lot of fun. And that's kinky as fuck. And so that A A plus. Thank you. A plus. Plus, you got to fucking destroy Kazoo for a little bit. (laughs) I'm sure it's going to be O to the N when she gets with her other partners. I just literally picture her like a troll just on top of their head. You let me fucking (laughs) just riding the back
2: yeah and, and one of the things we talked about was like she's she's super into denial so it's that like that dichotomy in your brain of like i really wanted to come but also the fact that you didn't let me come is also super hot so yeah i i foresee this is gonna happen again and i am i am totally on board well that's that's actually pretty cool you
0: know what you're alive but you're better at that than i am because I just, am like, I just come greedy. Oh, so it's yeah. like, I'll, I'll edge for a little bit and then I'll be all go ahead. I want you to come.
2: Oh yeah. And well, then it, they're it, all
0: hee. He, he. but then you're, they're literally like, they hate you. Cause you're like, you didn't edge me enough and I'm all fucking get over it. I wanted to see you come.
2: Yeah. No, in person, I, I'm way more like, I, I love, I love the torturing with come as opposed to edging without coming. Right. Uh, but yeah, though o- over the internet, it's, it's, a, it's a lot easier to, to just walk away. Yeah, exactly. To walk away and, and just watching the struggle and from afar or listening to it in this case was just like super sexy. Um, you know, as it, it was super hot and I'll take what I can get these days. <laughs>
0: bravo. No, it's, yeah. uh, I mean, definitely get all the juices flowing and the brain flowing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, uh, bravo. Uh, bravo. A uh, little bit of shenaniganry. Yes. Uh, internet style. Definitely, definitely pretty fun. And I'm sure it titillated some of the listeners <laughs> as it did me. Ha, I'm jabbing my pen into the table
2: right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad they enjoyed it.
0: Well, that is very good. Now, then you have two topics. There was one that is super close to Enigma's little heart. Yes. And why don't we start with that one? Because you did not get a chance for... Uh, House of Horror mindfuckery this year.
2: I did not know. So this article comes from the website Ars Technica, uh, and that is a science and like pop culture website. Um, as always, if you want links to these websites, they'll be they'll be on our website as well as our Discord. So this article is called "New Haunted House Study Suggests There Is a Sweet Spot for Recreational Fear." So Mwah.
0: yes, Mwah. evil laugh ensues.
2: Yes. Um, so fear is usually viewed as a negative emotion but humans, because we're so dang smart, tend to seek out scary entertainment Um, the specific study comes from Denmark's Aarhus University and the researcher's goal was to find the link between fear and arousal or as I like to call it, scarrousal (laughs) so the study's hypothesis is that horror exploits our fight or flight response Um, they used MRI Machines while subjects watched horror movies. Specifically, they watched *Insidious* and *The Conjuring*. Uh, their MRI showed that when a movie had jump scares, there was a jump in the brain activity when our body bumped up the visual and auditory perception, um, the better to respond rapidly to a threat. Um, and then the study then set up a shop at a uh, local haunted house attraction, which takes place around an old fish factory. So this, like, kind of your your standard issue abandoned building. Haunted house, and chopped
0: up a lot of fish.
2: Yes, I'm sure there was a lovely fish ghosts.
0: Yes, I'm sure. Just you know, (laughs) fish heads falling out of the walls, fish head ghosts, just like
2: slapping on the floor, all wet and stuff. Oh, I love it. (laughs) They they strapped heart monitors to the participants and have had infrared cameras in all the rooms with, uh, and then they had the the standard issue uh, questionnaire at the end. And with that, they were able to find a sweet spot where the fear was actually supporting arousal and not yet into fight or flight. And it usually comes from us as humans, uh, as, as, as our innate curiosity. So, like, even though something is scary, we get super interested and curious about it, and we we want to explore it more. It's why it's why human humans like like to dig up old stuff and find out how it works, and we like to dig into molecules and see how it works and we like to explore caves and see what's in there it's it's the humanity's in uh all-encompassing need to explore so that's why like our brain when we're scared but we're also kind of excited we kind of it, it fights against our, our fight or flight response and that's where kind of the arousal comes from
0: because we know we're going to discover something cool or get some sort of thrill at the end of that
2: scare so it's like yeah. a process yeah exactly and and a lot of this goes into uh fear play which is something that uh you and i are both into and like you said uh every october except for this october uh, it, <laughs> i like to work at haunted houses because for me mind is my favorite kind of fuckery indeed, and indeed. oh it's so much fun and it's it's all consensual because when you come into a haunted house. You, you are you are saying yes please scare me and and turn on turn me on in this way and I say happily and willingly and it's just so much fun Um, put it away Enigma no no you can't make me whack your
0: penis wait a minute is that your microphone or my microphone don't whack your penis against the microphone unless you have your little fuzzy you know nose thing on it
2: (laughs) Don't worry. I, I will not touch the microphone to my penis.
0: Okay, very good.
2: Thank you. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, w- one story that I, I like to tell is a couple years ago I was working at Six Flags up here working their Fright Fest, and this, it was near the end of the night and there were these two girls coming through and it was uh, at the end of the night on, like, a Sunday, so it was a, it was kind of a slow night, so they were able to come through multiple times and yeah. <laughs> and, and each time they, they were out, <laughs> yes, I'm, I would hope so. And so, they, so each time they came through, they were very much like, mm, I'm not scared. You're not scaring me. Like, not in the mean, bitchy way, but in and definitely, like, the kind of, like, fun, teasing sort of way. I was like, a little bratty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. A little bratty, a little bratty. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is a challenge. Okay. And so, like, I kept at, at them. They came through, like, three, four, or five times. And on the fifth time, so I know that they finished, uh, I was able to, uh, time my jump scare with a fog machine and come around this one girl who was dressed in a, uh, onesie from, um, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. She was dressed as Jack in a nice cute onesie. Nice. And I was able to come around her in the fog and I made her scream. And let me tell you, Boogie, the eye contact that she gave me... Yep was, like, if we weren't in a very public place, I might have taken her off into a corner. Like, it was that sort of, like... Yeah. <laughs> I wow. got her, and then you they didn't come her. through again. It was like... I, I, I felt very gratified <laughs> with all of that. That is good. She got the scare nut. She did. She she nutted in, in, in fear, and... I, I, w- what's funny is, like, working at the, at the park, you're allowed to, like, when at the end of the night, you're allowed to walk through the park, and I made sure that, like, I put my glasses on, and I was looking for that, that Jack onesie. I was, I was trying to find that girl, but unfortunately, I did not find her, but.
0: Oh, oh the love right?
2: the ship sailed. It, it wasn't meant to be more than a night, but, but yeah, no, so for, for me, fear play is, is, in. an. Incredibly fun, and it's a big part of my of my kink for sure. Well, I had a lot of fun
0: with this because, of course, you know we're we're talking about haunted houses in the study, Mm -hmm. and they're talking about fight or flight. And so now let's move into the applications of fear in uh, kinky play with our partners. So the the article, the study talked about slow fear and fast fear. So one is the anticipation. And one is that scary jump. And then it also talked about predictability and unpredictability. So that is something that is very, very common in most, um, I would say, most power exchange play scenes. Mm-hmm. Because the, I'll just explain it like this. The slow fear would be, what is the Dom going to do next?
2: Right, right.
0: What is going to happen to me next? You know, I hear all this foreboding. Doesn't matter, male dom, female dom, um, all this foreboding. Oh, you better, this is going to happen. And you, you know, I got these toys out, and maybe I put a chainsaw flogger out and some barbed wire, and I'm never going to use that one. But fuck it, just to fuck with their heads, and they're tied up, and they don't know what's coming, and that is the slow building fear that they have. And then, of course, when they're looking in the other direction, and I'm talking very calmly and dominant to them. And I'm like, you're going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And right in the middle of that, I will smack the leather table with a cane and make them jump, Mm -hmm. and it'll scare the shit out of them. So that would be a type of jump scare that we do in fear play uh, when we play with somebody. So the two reactions for that are, are really interesting in the sense that a lot of people that want to be on the bottom are looking for a power exchange. So fear is something that gets them out of that. The unpredictability aspect of fear is the thing that takes them out of control. Because, you know, a lot of people that bottom, you know, a lot of them have like jobs or their managers or parents or whatever, and they have to have a lot of control. So they seek to give up control a lot of times when they bottom. And so fear is is used very effectively to take away their control because they don't know what's going to happen next. Or if you're doing jump scare type of scares in play, you know, which can also be just the cane strike, you know, can, mm-hmm. it can be the paddle, it can be the hand, can be, you know, any number of things. Could you just grabbing hair and pulling back? Um, there's a million different types of unpredictable things that can happen in a play scene that absolutely creates that eye contact arousal that you just talked about. Right. And that is how kind of I use fear and I see fear being used in the power exchange dynamics. Do you agree? Disagree?
2: Oh, I I 100% agree. Like, I, I I love setting out the toys beforehand and just being like, these are all the things that I'm going to use on you in the next 30, 45 hour, whatever it is. So, like, that sort of fear play. And I let, like... Putting down some things that like maybe they don't know what it does and they don't know what it feels like. Like we've talked about pervertibles before. I have some lovely pervertibles that inflict some delicious pain. But like when you look at them, like one of them's just like a rubber tube, right? And y- you have no idea how this is gonna feel until like use it on you. So there's that nervousness of like, is that gonna? Is it gonna be thuddy? Is it gonna be stingy? Am I gonna like it? Am I gonna love it? Hate it? Like it's. I I, I love that sort of slow burn and then like having one toy in one hand and using that and like uh as i'm using that toy reaching over and grabbing another one and then out of nowhere starting to use the new toy sure i absolutely love that absolutely and going back to the tube thing that you had that also can because
0: i've had that too where they look at something they go oh that's not going to be anything like the book paddles were always deceptive because they don't realize the weight creates like literally it moves your entire person. So they look and they go, right. oh, book, paddle, paddle. And then you go, okay, and you go, funk And they're like, what the fuck was that? And that's <laughs> that unpredictability where they were expecting something, but now you just literally gave them something they weren't expecting. And that can be right. exceptionally thrilling for the person receiving. Now then, in a sort of lesser sense, there is unpredictability from the top's point of view. Because right. every bottom is different. Every play partner is different. They have their own sets of dynamics. So, unless, like I've played with Mew for six years, but she'll still surprise me every now and again, you know, and do something that I'm not ready for. And then my unpredictability factor that's exciting. How am I going to adapt to this? How am I going to adapt to this change in what I thought they were going to react? And now I have to adapt. And some of that may not necessarily bring about a a fear uh, response, but it brings that unpredictability. And I guess maybe, you know what, there is a fear response because am I going to kill this person? Am I going to fuck this person up for life? You know, if I don't do this correctly, and once again, that leads into the next is how much fear is too much fear that's productive and everyone gets something out of it and enjoys the scene and can laugh and sing and dance afterwards. And at what point, like when you were, and this was an interesting question I wanted to ask you because I understand it in the dungeon, but in the, in the haunted house, mm-hmm. are there signs that you as a professional scarer, kind of like Sully? Or Mike Wazowski, um, mm-hmm. as a professional scarer, um, are there signs that you look for that this person is now not having fun, and I should back off?
2: Very much so. Like there, there's a lot of uh, parents who like to bring their kids through haunted houses and smart. You, you right? It, it, it no, no trauma there, uh, but like it, it, if they're already buried in in their mother's skirt and they're already terrified. Like, without me doing anything, I have, like, I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere near that kid. Right. Like, I have zero interest. And the same thing with, with, with adults. Like, if they are obviously terrified, like, they have friends basically carrying them. They're so scared. I'm I'm less interested in that. I'm more interested in, like, that girl who's, who's acting tough and, and she wants to be scared. She is there for me to do my job. That is something I am way more interested in tackling than the little kid who's already scared. And I like I have like I, I just feel bad, right, going after that kid
0: because at that point it's just trauma. You're you're just you yes. know it's not doing like like things I'll look for in the dungeon, you know. And once again, if you have negotiated like the person that you are uh, tormenting consensually is like I want to be pushed and I want to be pushed in this way. So if you see this, this, and this, uh, if I don't say my safe word, I want you to consensual non-consent me and push me past that. That is one thing. Right. And that's wonderful. It usually works best with people that you know and trust um, right? more than just doing it new because people don't look for the signs. But if you haven't negotiated that, then there are things that I look for, you know, if the laughing and scaring turns into crying, but it's like a kind of a a stressed crying, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to check in at that point and make sure that we're still on the path. Um, Obviously, if somebody curls into a ball in a defensive position, which happens to Mew, uh, sometimes if you jump scare Mew, she will collapse into a ball and cry. She is not into jump scare at all. She's pretty good with the building and, and stuff like that. But like jumping out from behind a wall and shit like that, she will literally break down. And that is something that she she can't do. She's gotten over a lot of fears. That one is still stuck with her. So obviously, if somebody breaks down and curls into a defensive position, they're, they're saying, I can't take any more of this. Um, right if they're kind of a bewildered look on their face where the eyes are kind of darting around a little bit or the face starts getting, you know, losing color, um, you know, those are kind of stress signs, Mm -hmm. you know, like the eyes are jumping around and they're looking around and they don't know, or their shortness of breath and things like that. I mean, those are definitely things to watch out for. And like I said, for some people, that's their point to where they're about to then knock into a deeper level of subspace.
2: Right. And and if I'm playing with somebody and we and they haven't told me about that and like this isn't something that they're going for, if I start seeing those signs, the scene is over. Right. Like if if your brain is starting to regress or it's starting to shut down, like I I'm that's that's not part of my kink. That's not part of my scene that I'm doing with you today. So like I would definitely shut that scene down if things are starting to take that sort of turn. Sure. Mm-hmm fantastic super super exciting super yes. exciting.
0: I lo- I mean just cuz at first I mean surprisingly I had to actually go oh duh yeah this is what we do all the time like I don't necessarily consider myself a fear play person on the out like as an identity but all of a sudden going mm. through this article and seeing the study and seeing the terms that were used and then adapting them to the place and I go oh yeah I'm I'm totally play with fear all the time 100 percent, like all the time and i enjoy it and i surely enjoy like i enjoy a lot of fear play that makes the person stronger like getting through right. like i li- like taking Muse through her need her severe needle phobia mm-hmm. you know and that was obviously slow and gentle and it took a couple <laughs> weeks and you know no right. fucking around um if not a month uh that's very exciting but yeah Fuck, yeah. I'm all like, ah. Enigma, if people are trying to find us, where are they going to go? Well, uh,
2: they can find us on our Instagram, at Perverted Podcast. They can find us on our Twitter, at Perverted PCast. If they want to find us on FetLife, just search Perverted Podcast. There's both a group and a page. And we're on TikTok. So go follow us there. So what if
0: grandma wants to suck a dick? because she's old doesn't mean she's not a chick hi
1: wow we have come to the end of show 288 everyone don't let your fears get the better of you write to us at pervertedpodcasts at gmail.com or fatlife.com forward slash perverted podcasts and tell us what's going on in your kinky pandemic lives And as always, if you look forward to our uploads every week, please consider supporting the show with us with as little as $5 a month by visiting us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast.
0: Kathy, I am so excited to have done a show today. I feel the eye of the tiger burning inside my loins, which is a very awkward Ah. sight, actually. I don't know if that's going to work. But I no. just heard that song last night, so it's, you know, cheesy 80s got me all pumped up. But it is exciting. And for those people that are thinking that I told everyone to kill yourself, I did. <laughs> We're all going to die anyway. Take care of yourself, take control of your sickness, take control of your past, take control of your abuse, and tell it to be your bitch. You do not have to suffer. And be miserable the rest of your life. You can just say, I'm going to take a step today. Whether that's calling uh, a support, getting in a group, getting a therapist, exercising, changing your diet, doing something. A survivor doesn't mean you actually become Superman. It just means that you take some effort today to survive to navigate this fucking crazy ass life with whatever crazy ass challenges and obstacles you have. Take control and just do something. And if you do something, people like me and Kathy will work with you. We'll be patient. But if you want to do nothing, man, I can't help you. I love you guys. I'm here for you every week. And we will see you fucking next week from some fucking parking lot. Woohoo!
1: Mm 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 mm
0: Pookie the beluga whale had a problem. Was a child actor, but now's an alcoholic. Total spoiled brat, but now he's on the skids. Drinking stolen rum from sunken pirate ships. The bottom of the glacier Looks better from the top When you shit on those who love you No one's sad when you fall off Called his agent screaming like a diva. Why haven't you gotten me work? I was America's fucking sweetheart. The only gig he got was a celebrity boxing contest. Showed up really drunk and got his ass kicked by a walrus. The bottom of the glacier Everybody loved me. looks better from the top. Now I'm not so cute. When you shit on those who Fly love you. Better than you, no one's sad when you fall off. He doesn't get it. He's just an aging narcissist. The penguins used to love him.
2: But now they pretend he doesn't exist. Pookie the
0: balloon. The whale hit a new loafer. Boozy, let the Eskimos have sex with his blowhole. Ew. Ew, ew, fucking ew, 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 you, Eskimo, Amber gris. Ew! Ooh. The bottom of the glacier. Everybody loved me. Looks better from the top. Now I'm not so cute. When you shit on those who, who love, love you better than you, y'all get a thrill when you fall off Hey, hey! Pookie swam away. Pookie swam away. Pookie swam away.